moment. moment. Of clarity. My goodness, my goodness. What's happening, everybody? It's your man, Stefan G. And you are tuned in to another eclectic episode of Moment of Clarity right here on the Promised Life Network. Moment of Clarity, and I'm here with my man, Mike. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. We have been abandoned once again. Yeah. It's the men's show one more time. Yeah. This is like, it's like a old tree house where you say no girls allowed <laughs> post a sign outside i'm gonna start handing out fines like the nfl <laughs> if they don't show up yeah, yeah. I'll be like you know what that's true another week you're not here here's a fine sounds appropriate good. fine of a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> yeah that sounds appropriate yeah that'll work we should do is like i don't know, make them bring us food or something now you're talking yes <laughs> every time you miss a recording you have to bring food Yep. See, that's why you're here. That's why you're on this show. That's that, why I like you. That's why innovative thinking. <laughs> okay. Always looking out. No, no, not because of my Christian outlook no, or anything. Forget that. <laughs> anyway, I hope everybody's doing well. We have completed, I guess, what you could call our summer break. We took a couple weeks off. Yep. We were gone. Mike didn't get married while we were gone. No, but no, no. Sorry. We were looking forward to it. <laughs> thought I thought I would have eloped by now or something. Huh? Something like that. I'm at the courthouse. <laughs> you would be invited. Yeah, if I was at the courthouse. I appreciate that. <laughs> I would show up too. I know you. Would. I would be there. With, <laughs> I with some some party favors. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we should do weddings now. <laughs> like it's a New Year's Eve party. Absolutely. We should have streamers and party hats now we're and noisemakers. That's Listen, what weddings should be now. I'm with you 100%. 100%. So anyway, we're back. We're having a good time. I appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, real quick, if you haven't done so yet, go to iTunes, leave us a review or a rating. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a great review. Uh, tell us how much you love the show. It really helps for people to be able to find the show uh, on iTunes, so I'd appreciate it if you go leave a rating and review. So today, we are talking about... Because, you know, I don't like to banter too long till we get to the to the meat and the potatoes. Right. So today we're talking about uh, church, which, you know, is my favorite subject. <laughs> church. Uh, and specifically, uh, I, I want to talk about why people do or don't go to church. Even the the concept uh, or not the concept, but even the what do what do people see when they see the church these days? What is church like? In 2018, uh, you know? the perception of the yeah, church. Yeah, the perception of the church. I've been walking around all month, and when something like is really old and antiquated, I'm like, it's 2020. I can't believe we don't do this yet. And so I'm, <laughs> like, asking, I'm curious, like, what? <laughs> just crazy stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm thinking the same thing about the church. Like, it's 2020, and the church should be what? And there's reasons people do or don't go to church. Uh, there was a Pew survey that came out that basically gave. The 10 reasons Americans go to church and the nine reasons they don't go to church. And some of them were very interesting, um, but it, it got us thinking about what church is and what it looks like and 
is if it should look that way and if there is a should look when it comes to church and all that good stuff. What's your favorite thing about church, Mike? Ooh, what is my favorite thing about church? Yeah, since these are the nine or the ten reasons people go to church and the nine reasons they don't, let me ask you, what is one of the reasons you go to church? If you have um, a number one, what is the number one reason? Um, The sermons. Yeah? If the sermons are good. Okay. I, I like learning about the Bible and having new perspectives on it. Yeah. Okay. That would definitely be number one. All right. It, it, it amplifies me during the week. Okay. I guess, if that makes any sense. It does. It does. What would be the number one reason you wouldn't go to church? The number one reason I would not go to church, um, other than sleeping in. Okay. I mean, honestly, that's a big reason when you get up really early during the week. Well, yeah, you're a 3 a.m. at rise kind of guy, so <laughs> you're up every day at 3 o'clock in the morning. So weekends are my sleep-in time. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I think part of it is it just becomes so routine that you lose some of the excitement. I agree completely. That would probably be one of my number one reasons not to go to church as well, is that it just becomes this thing you do and it loses, I would even say some of its purpose, you know, because we're just, you know, it's like getting up, going and we do this and this is what we do and we have breakfast and we go and we sit, we watch. And we clap and we sing and we leave. Yeah, you know, and and unfortunately, my number one reason to go is can also be my number one reason not to go. Because nowadays you can hear really great sermons online. Well, you know what? I, it's very interesting you say that because if, if you know me, you know I run a consultation business. And churches are some of the clients that I have that I consult. And that's one of the things they, that I tell them all the time. I asked them, why should somebody come to your church? Because usually they're trying to figure out how to get more people in the church. And so one of the questions I asked them is, why should somebody come to their church? And one of the main answers I always get from whoever's on their leadership team is, well, we've got the word of God. I'm like, I got the word of God in my pocket. Mm -hmm. I got the word of God in my pocket in 70 different translations and 30 different languages and spoken and teached by at least 100,000 people on YouTube at any moment I want it. Now, yeah. what, now what? What else do you have other than that? That's true. So, so that you know, so that would mean my second reason for going would be community aspect, seeing people you like and know and can have relationships with. Right. I think that is a big part of church that we are slowly dwindling um, or slowly missing out on. At least for me, one of the main reasons I don't want to go to church. And I should probably say one of the reasons I do want to go to church because I've already given two reasons I don't want to go to church. But one of the main reasons I don't <laughs> want to. We expected that. <laughs> but one of the main reasons I don't like going to church is because I never feel like I'm a part of a community. I feel like i talking to a bunch of people who feel obligated to be nice to me first and foremost. So it doesn't come across as genuine. Um, and then at the end of the day, we call it, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you shouldn't you know, despise the fellowship of the saints and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, but nobody here is fellowshipping. You guys are showing up. You're singing a song next to somebody. You turn to your neighbor and say hi and give them yeah. a smile. And then you leave. You don't know these people. You don't have any idea the name of the person that's sitting next to you. And if you do, it's because you're in a small church and all of y'all are related almost. Yeah. You know, you all live in the same neighborhood. You all grew up together. That's Miss, that's Miss Judy's kid, you know. And that's why, you know, back in the day, that's what church was. It was the community center. 
So you already knew all these people. Right. So they could do the aspect that you just go and you watch. But nowadays, you don't know the people you're standing next to a lot of times. You really don't. So the top 10 reasons given by Americans who attend religious services at least once a month, according to Pew. Now, once a month is not a lot for the record. (laughs) (laughs) It's 12 times a year out of 365 days. That's very, very little. But- Top 10 reasons given by Americans who attend religious services at least once a month. Number one, to become closer to God. Okay, I'll I'll let them have it. (laughs) I will accept what they're saying as the truth. Um, Number two, so their children will have a moral foundation. I that that one I believe. Yes, I definitely believe that. That really gets because there's a lot of parents that weren't going to church for years. They have kids and they're like, oh, man, we got to go to church. We got to go to church. Yeah. And and it doesn't matter how we live once we get home, we got to make sure our kids are in church. Right. Um, Number three, to become a better person, which I thought was an interesting one. I I mean, I I could see that. If someone's like really hit rock bottom, they think, okay, first thing I got to do is go to church. Right. Which, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing. No. I would rather you be, and I've always said this, if I ever had my own church, shut up, Mike. Um, but if I ever had my own church, I would rather you be addicted to cocaine and coming to church every Sunday than be addicted to cocaine and never walk in the church. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, number four for comfort in times of trouble or sorrow. Number five, they find the sermons valuable. That was yours. Uh, number six, to be a part of the faith community. Number seven, to continue their family's religious traditions, which was interesting. Those are the people that show up on Easter and Christmas and Mother's Day. Well, what's interesting is I bet that number used to be a lot higher. I'm sure it did. It's not as high as you would think. Yeah, it's only at 37% right now. Yeah. So I agree. I think it probably used to be a lot higher, too. Uh, Number eight, they feel obligated to go, which I don't like that one at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number nine, to meet new people or socialize. I thought that one would be much higher on the list, and I think it should be, and people just aren't admitting it. Well, and part of the problem, though, is, like you said, so many churches don't really give you the opportunity to do that. That's true. So it should be a place to go meet people. I want to start a church where you intrinsically become a part of the community because we have developed activities that allow you to get to know each other. Right. We'll talk about the kind of church I want to have later. (laughs) That's a whole other episode. It really is. Uh, number 10, to please their family, spouse, or partner. That one was a big one when I saw it. You Because know, there's a lot of people going to church because their wife wants them to go to church or because their husband wants them to go to church. You know, at first I thought that should be higher, but I have noticed in the past, you know, 10 years or so that a lot of spouses go by themselves. That yeah. their spouse, and unfortunately a lot of times it's the woman that goes and the man that stays home, That's I noticed. True. That's true. But yeah. The, they don't force their spouse to go anymore. Yeah. It says American, African-Americans are more likely than whites or Latinos to say that becoming closer to God or being a better person and finding spiritual solace in tough times are top reasons. The weekly sermon is a less draw for Catholics than other Christians. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> if you've ever been to a Catholic mass, that makes complete sense. Uh, so, and then the top nine reasons, we're going to run through these real quick so we can talk about them. Uh, the top nine reasons for not going to church, um, and I'm going to go from nine to one because one's oh, the best one. okay. Uh, number number nine, nine. Number nine, no house of worship in their area, which I 
found that a little interesting, but it's the last one, so okay. Um, number eight, eight, poor health or mobility. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Number seven, they don't have the time. Eh, okay, if you work on Sundays, I'll give you that. There's a lot of people, there was a time where I worked on Sundays and couldn't go to church. Right. I could go on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, but we won't talk about that part. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, they don't feel welcome. Although it's not too many that feel that way. No, it's only 14%, yeah. which I found interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's not that the doors of the church aren't open and they don't feel like they can come in them. Number five, they don't like the sermons. 18%. See, the problem with that is... Well, I guess it depends where you are, but there's so many other churches. If you don't like the sermon, find a church where you do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number four, that and that one, the they don't like the sermons. To me, that can be interpreted a couple different ways. Yeah. Like, I just don't like the style of preaching this particular person has, or I don't like this book telling me what to do with my life. Which will go to <laughs> number one, which we're not at yet. But. Yes. Number four, they haven't found a house of worship they like. Which is kind of connected to some of the other ones yeah yeah and and i've had that problem so i can't be like oh that's no big deal because i've had that problem but well if you listen to the show you know that stefan is extra picky (laughs) so of course he's had that problem yeah number three no reason is very important it took me a while to figure out what that meant but to me i believe what they're saying is there's no reason that makes going to church a big deal right so they don't go to church because it's not that big a deal Number two, they are not believers. Okay, I'll give you that one. (laughs) What's interesting about that one is that's number two. Yeah. 20 years ago, that would have been much lower. Yes. So that shows a problem that we have in our culture. Oh, there's so many fewer believers in Christianity. Yeah. It it, it kind of stuns me a little bit because... And it's kind of sped up pretty quickly. It has. It really has. So, and then number one, they practice their faith in, quote, other ways. What does that mean, Mike? What does practicing your faith in other ways mean? This is the common thing you hear from people. I'm not a Christian, but I'm spiritual. I'm spiritual. Which I believe in a higher power. Nothing. <laughs> it's gobbledygook. It's basically I've created my own religion in my head, and I don't want other people to tell me, how to live, how to act, what's best. Yeah. I don't want a book to tell me, like you said earlier, what's best. I don't want other people to tell me what's best. I've created my own religion, and I feel good now. Yeah, because I'm spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's not about who God is. That's not the important part. No, we already know. I mean, basically, <laughs> they would never admit that. But basically what they've done is they've created their own God. Yeah, they have. So f- of course they know who that God is because they made him up. <laughs> so. Makes it a lot easier to be spiritual. <laughs> exactly. It's funny. Did you read the article? Um, and it came out a couple years ago, but I just read it the other day, where science has said that there is now evidence of a soul, that when you die, your soul becomes a part of the universe. Oh, That's what it says. I didn't know there was evidence of that. Yeah, there's apparently there's scientific evidence now. Yeah, I'll have to send it to you. Anyway, please send that. I'm getting off track. Uh, So those are the reasons to or not to go to church or the reasons people do or don't go to church. Um, But yeah, and it was interesting because the Pew Research Survey says the people that practice faith in their own ways, you know, you think that it might be, you know, somebody 
tree hugging, walking around, you know, the, 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 the lake is my friend, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's, but according to the research, it says the believers most likely to say they practice faith in other ways aren't spiritual freelancers, but they are Republican women in their fifties. And a lot of them claim to be Christians, Hmm. which is very interesting. Well, I've known people like that though. Yeah. That they feel like they're Christians, but once again, it's kind of like they've created their own Christianity where they're like, I don't really want somebody giving me a sermon on what to do. I already know yeah. what's best. So uh, I think this list is pretty interesting. I liked it a lot. Uh, I want to talk about it in depth. So I guess, you know, we'll take a break real quick. And when we come back from this break, you know what? I'm going to go all the way to the extreme. I'm going to take it all the way left and all the way right. I'm going to do what Stefan does. And when we come back from this break, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you everything I love about church and everything I hate about church and why I feel that way on both sides. Think we can do that? (laughs) Everything I love about church and everything I hate about church. And we're going to talk about all of it. So buckle in. We gave you the bland stuff up front. Now we're going to get juicy and have a good time. Moment of clarity. Stefan G. Check y'all in a bit. 30, it's your man, Stefan G. We are on iTunes, Google, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, and any place else that you could possibly get a podcast. Podcast Addict is the very best place to go get podcasts. But yeah, we're in all those places, so go subscribe. And you know what you could do? You know what you could really do? Subscribe to all of them. Do that. There you go. <laughs> I like that idea. So we're talking about church and... Uh, We just went through the 10 reasons Americans go to church and the nine reasons they don't. Listen, anybody who's ever listened to this show for any length of time, if you only listen to one episode, maybe you know this, maybe you don't. But if you've listened to more than four episodes of Mormon Clarity, you know I'm not a church promoter. um, That's the understatement of the day, (laughs) but go ahead. I'm not a church promoter. I understand the value of church. I don't believe churches should be eradicated, but I certainly believe that there are too many churches not doing enough in a society where we are overloaded with them. I mean, especially here in the South where we are, you can't walk more than three to five blocks on any street without running into a church, like directly running into it, (laughs) not seeing one but actually bumping your face into the brick wall. Uh, and I don't, because of that, it it gives me the feeling, I use the word feeling on purpose, the appearance, I use the word appearance on purpose, that we as Christians are not doing enough with this entity that we call the church. Because I still see uh, running rampant in my communities 
uh, a lack of uh, reverence for God, a lack of respect for God, even a lack of idea of who God is, what he is, why he is, where he is, how he is. So that's where my whole church thing comes from. Also, I've seen churches from the backside. I've ministered, I've preached, I've so on and so forth. And, you know, when you get behind the scenes anywhere, you get to be like, oh, really? This is how you guys do this. <laughs> All so the movie true. magic is gone, you know? That is so true. You're like, oh, I thought it was more like this, but it's not like that at all. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I thought some of these were very interesting in the sense that I believe some of them are, val- this is valuable information to have, and I see many opportunities for us to improve as a church, right? Um, And so... I'll ask you, Mike, what were some areas that you saw that were hi- that really highlighted to you, that really made you say, huh, that, uh, that's interesting? Hmm. In terms of the list or what yeah, I saw Yeah, in behind? terms of the list. Um, well, honestly, in terms of why people go to church, I thought community would have been higher yeah. on the list. But that could show that the church is failing at that. Why do you think, outside of the list, if you had to make your own list, what would be your number one that you think people go to church? Why do you think they go? Why do I think they go? That's really interesting. Um, I mean, most people that I know go, grew up in it. So they just kind of keep going because they feel like they should. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. And even the people I know that didn't grow up in it, it's almost as they've been trained or I don't want to use the word brainwashed because we are talking about Christianity here, but it's almost as if they've been geared to do this religious and regimented thing over and over again. Right. And it becomes a part of their, uh, it becomes a part of their norm. And so it's just something that they do. And when they get there, because getting there makes them feel better about themselves, which is not the purpose of church at all in the first place. But when getting there makes them feel better about themselves, they like to keep going because they like to feel good about themselves. And then the church has different activities from time to time where you can do things that will help you feel even better about yourself because you're helping others. And so you continue and so on and so forth. But I really wonder how many people who are going to church on a regular basis are truly, honestly, and heartfeltly, yes, I made that word up, um, desiring more of Christ, not just on the Sunday that they go, but on every day afterwards. Like how many people are going to church to get their lives changed? How many people are going to church to change the lives of others? I personally don't believe you should go to church for yourself. I believe there's opportunities where you can go to church because you have a need or you have a problem or, you know, it said comfort in times of trouble or sorrow. Absolutely. I want the church to be a place of refuge, but I don't want the building church to be a place of refuge. I want the people, the church to be a place of refuge. And so I don't know. I just felt like ranting that a little bit. I don't even know where I was going with that, but it, just the idea of, of what, why people are going to church is kind of where I'm settling on because I like you feel like this is just something that people have regimented into their schedules sometimes. And that's why they go and they get benefits from it and they do things that are good. Good does come out of it, yeah. but they're not really developing and growing in Christ. They're not really 
getting holy. You know, the, the, the reason we're supposed to go into this fellowship of believers is to promote holiness in our lives. And I don't think we're actually becoming more holy for the most part. I know there are plenty of people that are becoming more holy, but I don't know that this institution that we've created called the church is now promoting that activity of holiness. You know, it's interesting. While we're talking about this, I keep thinking of the different kinds of churches. And Uh I feel like, believe it or not, it's the churches that don't have a whole lot of people that are doing better at what you're saying than the really big churches. What it seems like a lot of churches want to become super churches. Like their goal is to become mega churches. Yes. And honestly, is that really a good goal? Because mega churches are really bad. They are. At the things you're saying. But and the reason and and don't get me wrong, there are mega churches that do great things, but they don't do it at the level that they could because they have to worry about so many other things. Right. They have so many other play, they have so many other uh member imposed requirements on them, right? For instance, kids ministry. So a mega church cannot devote as much as they could to helping the homeless, helping the sick, helping the whoever find your, you know, distorted people group, your, your hurting people group, helping that people group. They can't do as much in that area because they are required to have a kids ministry and they are required to have a nursery and they are required to have it separated by ages and grades and basically a once a week daycare center <laughs> where they teach Christianity. It's a once a yeah. week Christian daycare center. And as a mega church, you are required to have that because your members are expecting to be able to put their children somewhere yep. when they come to your service so they can focus on the production. The production, yeah. <laughs> I saw you sneak that word in there. You know, it's really interesting because what what some mega churches will do is they'll have small group during the week where yes. you split off into small groups. Mm-hmm. And anytime I've been a part of a big church, I think I felt like I was more a part of church when I was at the small group than I was actually at the Sunday service. I agree with you 100%. So I'm starting to wonder if maybe the problem with church is we're too focused on numbers. Well, yeah, we're too focused on, and, and I understand where it comes from. It comes from the idea that if we expand the church, we expand the reach of the gospel. Yeah. But we're so focused on expanding the church that we're not focused on... Developing, yeah, discipling the people who are the church and developing the people who are the church. And so when you say in in the reasons that people don't come to church is because they practice their faith in other ways. Well, I get why they would say that, because you're in a place where they don't feel like that's happening. They're not developing in that spot. They're not. I know people who've gone to church for years. They don't feel like they've gotten any closer to Christ. They've learned a lot. They have a lot of things in their head that they know about what the Bible says and about what God did and about how Moses and Noah and Elijah and Elisha and, you know, they can tell you a couple catchphrases that their personal pastor says over and over again. You know, if you've listened to this show, one of my catchphrases is God wants to change how you are, not who you are. Right. You know, you listen to this and you'd be like, hey, you go to somebody and say, God wants to change how you are, not who you are. And you feel all <laughs> spiritual when you say it. Yeah. But are you letting him change how you are? That's the question. Yeah, and going to a Sunday service doesn't necessarily. It do really that. doesn't. I've I've thought for years that if we could like take members of the church back in time to like the early church right after Christ. Yes. I wonder if they would just be 
how they would react because they would probably be completely shell-shocked. Oh, they wouldn't want to be a part of that. <laughs> of how it was. Yeah. Like, the origin, like some of the really early church, because some of it was persecution, but they would meet in catacombs. Mm-hmm. You know why they would meet in catacombs? Why is that? Because catacombs had dead people in them, and they felt like the dead people weren't really dead because, of course, they were either went to heaven and they'll be resurrection, resurrected in the final day. So it was almost a celebration for them. Could you imagine that today? No, not at all. <laughs> today, we don't even want to touch death. That's right. We don't even want to, even though that was like one of the main messages of yeah, the Bible was absolutely. to address that issue. We don't even want to address that issue. Not at all. Not at all. I don't know. I, now you made me rant. I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> it's that kind of day. <laughs> but I just think like if we went to like some of the early church where they either met in catacombs or they met in people's houses yeah. or they met on the street corners or something, would the church today be able to deal with it? Here's the thing I love about church. I love that it is a opportunity for me to understand myself better and recognize the disparity between my understanding of myself and Christ's the creation of who I am, right? So when Christ created me, because he doesn't have to understand me, he made me. So when he created me, he made me in a certain way. And my understanding of that certain way gets developed as I participate in this thing called church. Yeah. Or at least it's supposed to. And so the thing I love about church is not necessarily correcting my behavior, because <laughs> why would I want to do that? But <laughs> an understanding of why I behave the way I do. Mm-hmm. And when I gain that understanding of why I behave the way I do and I line that up with what the Bible says he has created me to be, that's what causes me to want to change my behavior. That's the kind of thing I like about church. You know, it's interesting. Some The word that I kept hearing there was want. You know, when we talked about people going to church, they feel obligated to go. Yep, that was one and of the nine. And you're talking about wanting. And how does the church get from obligated or routine to want? It, it's got to be a change. To me, it has to be a change in the way we present church. It has to be a change in the way we present church. Yeah, before the show, you said one of the problems is church is boring. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> if you, okay, if you're not interested in the material, it's like being in calculus class and you don't like math. <laughs> it's right. what it's like. If you're not interested in the material, it is way, way boring. Oh, my God, it's boring. And what's interesting, and I was just thinking about this now, the church's solution to that has been more flashy production. Yeah, to entertain. To entertain, thinking that will get rid of the boring. Right. When, if you're a part of a group that's literally changing you from the inside out, changing how you are. The boring disappears. The boring disappears. It disappears on its own. The church is never going to be able to out-entertain the world. No way. First of all, <laughs> don't get see, you got me started. Because first of all, Christians are way too corny to ever out-entertain yeah. the world. Like, y'all hear how your church tried to take some hip-hop song and put the word Jesus on top of it and make them think they're cool. They're not cool. It's corny. Stop doing it. We don't want to hear it. You look lame. Okay. You know, Sorry. I had a, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to. When I was in uh, you, I think I was a young adult, like in my 20s or something. I went to a Toby Mac concert. Uh-huh. 
and he's kind of like this rap Christian rapper. Yeah, he's like the Christian rock rap guy. And I'll never forget he like they had like you know a confession or an invitation to accept the Holy Spirit, and that afterwards he goes, "Welcome to the family, dog." <laughs> And I'm like, this is so corny. <laughs> this is so corny. What? And it's so inauthentic. You can tell yeah. that it was just pasted on there so that we can relate. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Church is cool now because he said dog. Like, <laughs> stop. Please stop. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you're. but you're right. The, the idea of adding lights and fog machines and, you know, adding a bunch of Christian hip hop music or even Christian contemporary music or whatever it is that you're adding, you know, to make this more entertaining. And we do it in the beginning because we want to get you juiced up, hyped up, entertained, ready to go before this 45 minute boring lecture turns on. You know, if you're not interested in the material, what can you do with that? And if you're not helping me to develop as a person, you're not getting me interested in the material. If you're not helping me to grow, if you're not helping me to change, if you're not helping me to understand myself, you're not getting me interested in the material. I go because I love the worship. I can worship at home. I can play them same songs in my bedroom. Yep. You know? And feel less awkward. Yeah, exactly. And so, okay, fine, I'll do it. So... I said a lot of things about church here today, and I was completely not expecting to make this announcement today, but I feel somewhat led to make this announcement today. This might get cut in editing. I don't know, but we'll find out. Um, And so we said a lot of things about church today, and you've heard me talk about church a lot, and I truly believe that not so much that your church is wrong, Um, but that there are opportunities for improvement. And because of that, um, with as much kicking and screaming and rebellion that I could possibly elicit in my life, uh, it didn't change the fact that God had called me to start a church. Um, If you've listened to this show for more than a year, you've heard me say, I'll never start a church. I'm not starting a church. I'm not allowed to start a church. Nobody wants to come to my church because we're not going to ever have church. There's been all kinds of reasons and excuses, and you seem to have this look on your face, Mike, right now that I don't quite know how It just reminds me of, uh, I'm not ready to get married, I don't need a woman right now. (laughs) Anytime you say you're not ready, you're not going to do something, usually it happens. Way to call me out, way to call me out. (laughs) And so, um, I've been talking about it with some people for a good period of time, and I've been rolling around and praying about it. And because I understand, especially for people who listen to this radio show, because I understand there are people out there like me. Um, And this basically came up because, you know, I have an affinity against church at time. And one of the things that I realized is because I was like, God, I can't, I go to these places, I go to these halls of worship, I go to these buildings, and I never find anybody like me. All I find is a bunch of people doing a bunch of stuff they don't really want to do and getting all emotional about it, not understanding why they're doing it and not trying to grow in any way, shape or form. And I do find people who do want to grow, but they're also like, they're just not my, you know, personality. They're not my style because everybody's different. And I kind of gave up after a while. I was like, you know what? I'm just, I just won't go. I'll go here. I'll go there. You know, I do have a church home that I go to on a regular basis. I'm there more than once a month. So I'm not one of the people in this study, (laughs) Um, but I'm not there every Sunday by any stretch of the imagination. And I like it, but it's just, eh. 
Um, and then one day God was just like, listen, when are you going to do what I've been telling you to do for the past five, six years? Like, when are you just going to go ahead and do it? And then maybe you'll find people like you and y'all can do the things that y'all have been wanting to do uh, to make a difference in the lives of the people around you. And so I said, yes. Um, and we're starting a church. Hey, Mike, we're starting a church. <laughs> I've recruited Mike. I recruited him years ago, even when I wasn't going to have a church. So he's already in. Um, news to him here today on the radio. Do I have to take a membership class? <laughs> no, there's no membership class. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You're teach, you, teach you how to be a member. No. Um, but we're starting a church, and the church is called The Fellowship. Um, it comes from the concept that I go to churches all the time, and nobody ever fellowships. Like we just said a few minutes ago, you walk in the door, you somebody greets you because, you know, it's it's kind of weird and awkward because they're overly happy to see you, even though they don't have any idea who you are. And then you walk in the door and you sit down and you sing, you know, my words, three fast songs, two slow songs. Somebody talks for a little while. I smile. I say hey to my neighbor and I leave. Um, and I want to create an environment that's not like that. I want to create an environment where we as a church, um, if I can get away with never having a church building, I will. Uh, but we as a church get together as a community and help each other in the faith, help each other grow. We become parts of each other's lives. Um, whereas I know you, you know me, we know each other's children's brothers, sisters, so on and so forth. And it's not awkward for us to show up to Christmas dinner for each other or Thanksgiving or whatever the case may be. And we do things that make a difference in the lives of each other and in the lives of others. And I don't just mean pray for you and then not actually go pray for you. I mean actually doing things on a regular basis and caring because we actually care. And so, like I said, we're starting a church. Name of the church is The Fellowship. You can go online and you can sign up to be on the mailing list uh, to get more information as oh. the church develops. What is a mailing list? Yeah. Um, we aren't we aren't actually having any services yet. We're in the development phases I'm putting together a team of people that I believe will help me carry out the vision of what this is going to be. Um, but you can, by all means, go to the website. It's jointhefellowship.org. Um, if you go to jointhefellowship.org, you can sign up to be on the mailing list. You can click to be in the Facebook group, and you can contact us if you want to help us spread this vision. Mike, you look like you have something you want to say. I just didn't know any of this existed. I didn't you know there was a website or you weren't supposed a, to know Facebook or anything. I'm just, it wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> I mean, sounds like it was supposed to happen <laughs> if all this stuff existed, if you had an infrastructure in place. But yeah, so go to jointhefellowship.org, um, sign up to get more information about the ministry. I guarantee you, if you join us at any point in time, it's not going to be like anything you've ever seen. Um, like, I, I'll just give you an idea. One of my visions for the ministry is that, yeah, we'll get together on a regular basis, maybe weekly, maybe every other week. I'm not sure yet. Um, but somebody will get up and they'll say something. Um, it won't necessarily be a sermon, and it definitely is not going to be an hour and a half long. But somebody will get up and they'll say something, and it'll be maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes max. And then I want to have, instead of pews and rows of seats, I want to have round tables of 10 and 12 seats each. And those are your groups. And you guys just talk about whatever was whatever the topic that was given for the first 10 to 15 minutes. You guys just expand on that topic and you talk about how it's affected your life and how you hope it'll affect others lives. And you dig into the Bible. And what does the Bible say about this? And what does the Bible say about that? And it's not led from a stage and a pulpit and a, and a podium, 
but it's led by us, the church, the people who are supposed to be leading the gospel anyway, the people who are supposed to be sharing the gospel, the people who are supposed to be interacting with those around us, the people who are supposed to be making a difference in this world. And I hope that while you're sitting at those tables, interacting with those people, fellowshipping actually, that you'll learn something that helps you understand why you do what you do and make you want to do it better. And that's it. So go to the website, jointhefellowship.org. I did not expect to say this at all today. Um, Join the Facebook group. uh, Email us if you want to be involved and there's anything that you want to do. I can tell you that the seven pillars of the fellowship are passion, fun, caring, helping, healing, wholeness, and purpose. And that's what we're going to be focused on. Uh, We're going to be focused on living out our passions, having a whole lot of fun, caring about other people, helping each other, healing our past. Oh, my God, we are so going to heal our past. We're going to find wholeness and we're going to walk out our purposes. And I hope that you will join the fellowship. So join the fellowship.org. Moment of clarity. Stefan G. Mike, don't look at me that way. Check you guys next week.